Thank you for listening to You've Got to Read This. It is fall in New England, and Halloween is knocking at the door. In celebration of All Hallows' Eve and everything spooky, today's episode will feature six novels that thrill and chill. Our repertoire includes a brand new locked room thriller, three ghost stories, and two magical books about witches. Won't you join us? the tide in an old gothic home that sits on an island in a coastal English village, members of the Darker family have gathered at the request of their nana to celebrate her 80th birthday. It is to be her last birthday, as foretold years ago by a palm reader. The novel Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney is a locked room murder mystery in which members of the Darker family find themselves under the same roof, an uncomfortable situation under the best of circumstances. The Darkers, this family's last name, haven't congregated as a family in many years. Lies, secrets, jealousies, and grievances are revealed over the course of the evening, leading up to Nana reading her will to all of them. Shock and disbelief over Nana's last will and testament leads to hostility and eventually murder. As darkness falls, so do the members of the Darker family. One by one, members of the family are found murdered or missing from the home altogether. There are only seven family members and one family friend who have convened at the home before high tide rushed in. They have eight terror-filled hours before the tide goes out, granting them an escape from the island and from the threat that is killing them. This whodunit novel is both gorgeously written and chillingly gripping, What better premise than a dysfunctional family trapped in the same four walls on a remote coastal cottage, isolated from the mainland until the tide goes out? This murder mystery thriller is a strong character-driven novel in which everyone is a suspect. What a delicious read. I really loved it too. As soon as I started reading it, I was hooked because it was so reminiscent of Agatha Christie's and Mm. then there were none in that this novel also takes place on an island off the coast of England and similarly one person at a time gets, gets murdered throughout the night. I really enjoyed the family dynamics and Mm. the layer upon layer that gets revealed and no one is innocent. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, having said that, I started out loving the book and would give it a five out of one through five, five being the best, but about 50 to 80% in, the story kind of plateaued for me, but then 85% in, boom, I was so blindsided by the turn of events with the plot twist and I ended up loving this book. Uh, That moment you're talking about, I think my jaw dropped open and I was just like, Oh, so it's so delicious when you get blindsided in a book like that. Yeah. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It was a little shocking. The The novel is very cinematic. Mm. It has uh, a very visual quality to it. I could picture the house. I could picture the island and each of the characters. Mm. I fell in love with her writing within the first five pages. It's clever and smart, and her character development is so rich. Yeah, yeah. A little bit about the author. Alice Feeney is a white British writer. 
She is a New York Times bestselling author whose fourth novel, Rock, Paper, Scissors, is being turned into a TV series for Netflix by the producers of The Crown. That should be pretty good. Alice Feeney was a BBC journalist for 15 years and now lives in the Devon countryside with her family. Daisy Darker is her fifth novel and was published by Flatiron Books in August of 2022. The author's name again is Alice Feeney. Her last name is spelled F-E-E-N-E-Y. Our next book is entitled The Fervor by author Alma Katsu. Set in the United States in 1944 at the height of World War II, this historical novel is set against the backdrop of the Japanese internment camps. The story follows three central characters. Archie is a young white reverend living in Oregon. At the beginning of the novel, he suffers a tragic loss after experiencing a traumatic event he can't comprehend or explain. After this shocking event, he finds himself unable to manage his anguish. As his story unfolds, he falls in with a dangerous crowd and struggles with escalating moral dilemmas. Then there is Mako, a Japanese-American woman imprisoned with her young daughter at a Japanese internment camp in Idaho. Mako, one of thousands of Japanese-Americans held at the camp, notices that some of the people interred there begin falling ill. Those who become sick become psychotic, aggressive, and sometimes violent. But soon after some people begin showing symptoms, lots of people begin falling ill. And finally there is Fran, a white reporter in Nebraska. While in the woods one night, she sees an unusual ball of fire fly over the tree line and land somewhere off in the distance. In a matter of days, the male companion accompanying her begins exhibiting the same symptoms as the people held in the internment camp. As the story unfolds for all three characters, they each find themselves in escalating situations while they try to uncover the supernatural events around them. When Mako's young daughter tells her about the demons she's seeing hovering around the camp, Mako decides to take matters into her own hands. Eventually, all three characters cross paths, but you've got to read this to find out how the story unfolds. For our listeners who enjoy Stephen King, you will find a new home for horror with author Alma Katsu in her novel, The Fervor. In the afterword of this book, the author mentions that some of the events in the book actually happened in real life, beyond, of course, the Japanese internment camps, and she noted that some of the characters in the story were actually real people as well. I love the genre of historical horror, and if listeners do as well, this is a really good one. You know, this reminds me, the style that is, it reminds me of Matt Ruff's novel, Mm. Lovecraft Country, which was turned into an HBO series that you and I watched, in that both authors are merging history and horror. The use of fiction or supernatural combined with historical facts, it highlights or it emphasizes the sheer magnitude Mm. of the atrocities that are being discussed in these novels. Yeah, it's so powerful. I I love that merging of those two genres as well it shows it in such a different way and it and i think too it kind of puts history in front of people who might not be hanging out in the history section of a bookstore mm-hmm. it, it yeah it creates a, a wider audience it. yeah exactly alma katsu's mother is japanese and her in-laws entire family were held at u.s japanese internment camps during world war ii she certainly drew on that history for this novel 
On another interesting note, in addition to being the author of six novels, Omokatsu had a 35-year career working as a senior intelligence analyst for both the CIA and NSA. The book again is entitled The Fervor by Omokatsu. It was published by Penguin Random House in April of 2022. The author's first name is spelled A-L-M-A. Her last name is spelled K-A-T-S-U. I just want to take a moment to say that the genre of horror is so vast with so many subgenres and with so many degrees of gore. I just wanted to let listeners know that all of the books we're talking about today, I would categorize as rated PG horror or what I like to call horror light. So that's just a little FYI. Yeah, agreed. And what do you have uh, for us next? Well, if a suspenseful mother-daughter story with some good old-fashioned witchcraft is what you're looking for, then you've got to read our next featured novel entitled Our Crooked Hearts by Melissa Albert. Set in a modern-day America in a Chicago suburb, 17-year-old Ivy is about to learn that she has an unusual ability and that her mother has been harboring a dark and dangerous secret from her. In this magical thriller, Ivy discovers there's a lot more to her mother Dana than she ever imagined. Like most teenagers, Ivy thinks she and her mother are nothing alike. But after a freakish encounter with a strange woman, Ivy starts to uncover things about her mother's past that puts everyone's safety in jeopardy. When Dana's teenage years come back to haunt her, it's her daughter Ivy who unwittingly opens the door to invite the past back in. Charged with suspense and mystery, Our Crooked Hearts is a coming-of-age story told within the genre of magical realism. Mother and daughter need to put their differences aside and quickly learn to trust each other before a force greater than themselves destroys both of them. In this novel, the chapters rotate from Ivy to Dana, starting with the first-person narrative of 17-year-old Ivy in the present day living in the suburbs. Then on to the first-person narrative of Dana in the past as a teenager living in the city. The two narratives of then and now run parallel to each other until everything converges to the present day when Dana's past catches up to her and her daughter. I loved the mother-daughter dynamic in this book, but what I liked the most about it is that it kept surprising me. Just when I thought I knew the characters and their motivations, a new piece of information would be revealed, keeping me guessing. Likewise, the level of suspense and mystery continue to increase with each chapter, so there's a satisfying buildup to the story's climax. Sounds like a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. What a fun and clever storyline to follow both the mother and daughter at 17 years old, Mm -hmm. and that the stories run parallel to each other. It really makes you wonder how, I mean, how often do teenagers imagine what their parents are like at that age? It's kind of a fun storyline. Exactly. It's like, how well do you really know your parents? Right. They only, you only know what they share. Some of our listeners may be familiar with this author, Melissa Albert. She has written the Hazelwood series. She is also a former bookseller and young adult literary blogger. Like her characters, Dana and Ivy, Melissa Albert is from Illinois. She now lives in Brooklyn, New York with her family. The book, again, is Our Crooked Hearts by Melissa Albert. Her last name is spelled A-L-B-E-R-T. Our Crooked Hearts was published in June of 2022 by Macmillan. I love a good contemporary ghost story, and our next book today is a spine-tingling YA ghost story entitled White Smoke by author Tiffany D. Jackson. 
The story surrounds a 15-year-old girl named Mari. When the story begins, Mari, her mother, stepfather, brother, and stepsister are all in the car together. The family has just left Carmel, California, and are moving to a Midwestern town called Cedarville. In addition to a life-changing move across country, the entire family is already dealing with a lot of stressors. Mari's mom and stepdad are recently married, it's a second marriage for them both, and everyone is adjusting to the new family dynamics. In addition to them being a blended family, they're also an interracial family. Mari, her mom, and younger brother are black. Mari's new stepdad and her younger sister are white. When the family arrives in Cedarville and pull up to their new house, though the house they are moving into is a gorgeous and newly renovated old Victorian, the house sits in the middle of a dilapidated and abandoned neighborhood. The houses that surround theirs have all been long abandoned. The houses have collapsed roofs, broken windows, and overgrown lawns. Mari and her family's initial excitement very quickly turns to dread. When the family enters the house for the first time, they find that contractors are still working on the renovation. Over the next few days, Mari notices that the contractors are all behaving a little oddly. The contractors practically flee the house every evening at 5 o'clock. They all avoid eye contact with Mari and her family. They keep misplacing their tools, and the contractors all go out of their way to avoid going into the basement. Once the contractors are done with their work and the family settles into their new house, unusual things begin happening, and there is a hearty mix of creaking floors, moving objects, and creepy moments that only escalate as the story unfolds. The story really takes a turn when Mari notices that her younger stepsister, Piper, looks more and more tired and haggard the longer they stay in the house. One morning, Mari overhears her parents express concern about Piper, who says she has a new invisible friend. Mari realized something is very wrong when Piper turns to Mari one morning and says, Miss Sugar says this is her house and she wants you out. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It's a compelling page turner that I could not put down. It has some genuinely clever scares and there were two memorable moments that really gave me the chills. This book felt reminiscent of the 1980s movie Poltergeist and that it's a ghost story that involves the whole family. Mm. I especially love the fa family dynamics in this novel. If listeners are looking for a fun contemporary ghost story, then you've got to read this. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> but it sounds really good. I think I'll pick that one up. It really is. And it's, and it's, I mean, again, it's PG. You know, it's a little scary, but it's not doesn't leave you damaged for days. Well, I'm which a little I creeped out. The contractors don't want to go to the basement. <laughs> right. Never, never a good sign. Nobody ever wants to go to the basement. <laughs> the novel again is entitled White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. It was published by Catherine Teagan Books in September of 2021. Tiffany D. Jackson is a New York Times bestselling Black American author of 10 novels. Her newest book, Weight of Blood, just came out in September of this year. Our next book today is a ghost story entitled When the Reckoning Comes by author LaTanya McQueen. The novel takes place in present day in a small town in North Carolina and centers around an African-American woman named Mira. A teacher at a local school in Winston-Salem, Mira gets a call one day out of the blue from an old childhood friend named Celine. She hasn't spoken to Celine in over 10 years and Mira is somewhat surprised by the call.
Celine, a white woman, very brightly announces that she's getting married and it would mean the world to her if Mira would attend the wedding. Informing Mira that the wedding is to be held in the small town they grew up in, she offers to pay for Mira's room in one of the cottages. Wait, Mira says, where are you having this? This millionaire bought and renovated the old woodsman property, said Celine. Celine, you can't be serious, blurts Mira. You can't possibly be having your wedding at that plantation. Appalled by her white friend's decision to have her wedding at an old slave plantation, Mira starts mentally plotting a way out of attending the wedding. But when Celine informs Mira that their old childhood friend Jesse, who is also black, said he was going to attend the wedding, Mira reluctantly changes her mind and decides to go as well. Mira had feelings for Jesse back in high school, and she hasn't seen him since they graduated. Jesse and Mira also share a secret. Back in high school, they both decided to sneak into the old abandoned plantation house to see if the rumors were true, that both the plantation house and its surrounding grounds were haunted. What Jesse and Mira experienced that day when they snuck into the old house impacted them both in life-changing ways. Now, when Mira arrives at the plantation for the wedding, she is shocked to find the plantation turned into an insensitive caricature. As the wedding festivities begin, Mira reunites with Jesse and Celine. But when Celine disappears and Mira explores the grounds in search of her, she discovers that the wedding guests aren't the only inhabitants at the old plantation. This was such a powerful horror novel with impactful social commentary. To see the callous insensitivity of turning these old plantations, these places of horror into wedding venues, just blew my mind. I'm Jewish, and if anyone were to ever suggest turning old concentration camps in Europe into wedding and corporate event spaces, the whole world would be in an uproar. But here in our country, this is a thing, and it's tolerated, and it's just shocking. It's completely insensitive. I agree with you. You know, showcasing these plantations under the pretense of old Southern charm shows such disrespect to the memory of African-American slaves who were frankly imprisoned there. It's like a convenient amnesia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what I liked about this book is it, there were so many layers of horror. There was the horror of history, the horror of slavery. Then there was the horror Mira felt in present day experiencing the racism, what the plant, plantation has become. There's the horror of the white people not seeing how awful mm. it is. And there's the horror, of course, of the ghosts. There's so much to unpack in this novel. I think it would make a great book group book because there's so much to discuss. Mm. The book, again, is When the Reckoning Comes. It was published in 2021 by Harper Perennial. Latanya McQueen is a Black American author of two novels and over 40 essays and short stories, many of which can be accessed directly from her website at latanyamcqueen.com. The author's first name is spelled L-A-T-A-N-Y-A. Her last name is spelled M-C-Q-U-E-E-N. Our final book today is for listeners who enjoy magical storylines. The novel is called Her Majesty's Royal Coven by author Juno Dawson. The story takes place in present-day England and surrounds the relationship between four women who are witches and were all childhood friends. When the story begins, the reader is taken back to their childhood on the eve of their induction into Her Majesty's Royal Coven. 
the coven was originally established by Queen Elizabeth I with the mission of supporting the government in the handling of supernatural events. After this very brief chapter, the story propels the reader forward 25 years to present day, when all four girls are now grown women going on about their lives. The character Neve is a white single woman who owns a veterinary practice in a small village in England. She lives a quiet life and no longer works with the coven. Her friend Elle, one of the four childhood friends, also lives in the same village. Elle is white, married, and has two children. Neither Elle's husband nor her children have any idea that she's a witch. Then there's Leonie, who is a black lesbian living in London. Upset about the racism she experienced within the royal coven, she left the coven and started a coven of her own, called Diaspora, to be more welcoming of a wider range of witches. And finally, there's Helena, the final childhood friend. Helena is white, exceedingly wealthy, and comes from a long line of powerful witches. Helena is currently the head priestess of Her Majesty's Royal Coven, the highest position one can attain. Between the girls' induction into the coven in present day, there was a civil war within the magical community that's now over. The Civil War began after a warlock declared that witches and warlocks should no longer be subservient to non-magical people, and instead, non-magical people should be subservient to witches and warlocks. The war now over, the few rebels are still being rounded up and arrested by the coven. The crisis that arises in the novel is that oracles have just predicted and disclosed that a powerful and deadly demon is about to be awakened that will destroy the entire world. The oracles have also revealed that the demon is going to come through the form of a young warlock. Meanwhile, the coven has just taken into custody a feral teenage boy exhibiting powerful and uncontrollable abilities. Neve, in her small village, has been asked by the royal coven to take this teenage boy under her wing to train him to try and control his powers. As the story progresses, beliefs about who this boy is, what he is capable of, and what should be done with him causes a great deal of conflict in the magical community and an even greater conflict among the four childhood friends. I absolutely love this book and could not put it down. It's vibrant, refreshing, it has a lot of surprises and a shocking ending that is a fantastic lead-in to the author's next book. Am I right? This is going to be a trilogy. It is. And the next one comes out in January of 2023. So pretty soon. What I liked in this book is that it starts off with the premise that within this group of witches, they're all of the same mindset. Mm. They share the same values. But the presence of this boy upsets the apple cart. And what do you do when all of a sudden there's this disagreement within a group that you thought was cohesive? It's a great premise. Yeah, I, I enjoyed all the, the conflict between the four women and how different they all were and how they were all dealing with the situation. It was very good. Yeah. If folks are listening and they enjoyed Harry Potter, certainly you'll enjoy this. If you enjoyed Alice Hoffman's Practical Magic or the School for Good and Evil series by Saman Chanani, or if you like V.E. Schwab, then you'll absolutely love this book. The book, again, is Her Majesty's Royal Coven by Juno Dawson. Juno Dawson is a white British novelist who currently lives in Brighton, England. The author of over 10 books, she is also a screenwriter, journalist, writes for TV shows, and has worked in as an actress. The book was published by Penguin in May of 2022. The author's first name is spelled J-U-N-O. Her last name is spelled D-A-W-S-O-N. <laughs> 
Well, that wraps up episode 16. We want to thank all of our ghosts and goblins, witches and warlocks for listening. Happy Halloween. Until next time.